Final Space is coming back, eh? Yeah, season two. Mm-hmm. Dude, that show was dope. I would be happy if at the end of season, or at the beginning of season two, it's just like he dies and that's it. That's <laughs> season two. <laughs> no, man, you see that light kind of shine down on him in the last second there. He's clearly alive. Yeah, but, but what do uh, I have to be afraid of if he keeps just saving his characters? No, he's not as, they're not as brave as you know and just kill off willy-nilly. I do kill people off willy-nilly. <laughs> That's what you call it. You call it the willy mil- willy nilly maneuver. Damn it, that's so hard to say. <laughs> the willy nilly maneuver. The willy nilly maneuver. The WNM. Yeah. So the next time we kill off a character on the Dicey D twenty, we gotta say that was a willy nilly maneuver. <laughs> Dude, I throw caution to the wind when killing characters. <laughs> this willy nilly maneuver was brought to you by the diehard dice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dicey D20. My name is Noah, Dungeon Master, and I am joined here by our players. We have Rogar Ragnak. How's it going, Rogar? It's going good. No. It's pink sad. eye or something? Yes, I have pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's rubbing your eye for like three minutes there. Okay, uh, so pink eye and working a lot. Rogar Ragnak's doing just as we'd expect. Uh, we're also joined by Tyson McKay. How's it going, Uh-oh. Tyson? I also have pink eye from touching my eye to Sab's eye. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for it's an intimate, sharing. It's an intimate I appreciate it. that everyone should try. <laughs> okay, let's just hop right into it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, last we left off, our uh, adventurers had made their way to the town of Traverse, and they immediately began sleuthing around for clues. Tyson McKay and Rogar had found claw marks at the windowsill. Um, excuse me? Sorry. Tyson McKay found claw marks. Uh, Rogar, you, you don't want. <laughs> okay, uh, so T- Tyson McKay found the claw marks uh, at the windowsill and on the roof, and this was witnessed by Rogar Ragnak. Is that okay, Tyson? Yes, he boosted me up under the roof. Yes, he. That is true. He did do that. Um, you were told that every few nights now, it seems like children are going missing, and. Where we had exactly left off, Parker was staring off into the distance and saying that he had seen something in the woods. This was right after, uh, you know, Parker kind of questioned Rogar about his effectiveness uh, as a as a monster hunter, and Rogar just put him in his place, beat his ass, took him back behind the shed, and just (laughs) (laughs) don't talk to me like that. (laughs) Not in front of the other guys. Uh, Yeah, so. That is where we find ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. Tyson McKay, Rogar Ragnak, you guys are outside the small house on the hill with Parker just having seen something in the woods. What is it that you would like to do? Um, what is it, boy? What'd you see? Can I go so, further into the woods and do a perception check? <laughs> sure thing. The tree line is about 20 feet from the house. How far into the woods were you thinking about going? Maybe like 10, 15 feet. Okay, sure. Uh, so, Rogar Ragnak... Are you, your hand on your weapon at this point, or are you just kind of casually walking into the woods? I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll draw my weapon. Okay, good stuff. So, Rogar Ragnak pulls out his weapon and begins to make his way towards the woods. Uh, Parker immediately begins to follow, and Tyson McKay, what would you like to do? So they just haven't said anything to me at this point. Yeah, they just <laughs> both drew weapons and then walked away. <laughs> I, I didn't even see the monster. I don't know where they're going. <laughs> I, I don't know, I guess... 
I follow closely behind Parker. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so all three of our adventurers heading into the woods. Rogar Ragnak makes his way about 10, 15 feet into the woods. Uh, and then, Rogar, you're doing a perception check, kind of looking around? Yeah. All right, roll me a d20, my friend. Let's say 18. Nice. Okay, so Rogar Ragnak, in spite of the fact that you don't have any dark vision, you're doing a pretty good perception check here. You know, doing everything from uh, from looking at the ground for tracks as well as looking as far as you can out into the woods. These woods here are fairly young or thin trees, uh, and most of them uh, are deciduous trees. So you can actually, you know, you hear the rustling leaves in the nighttime breeze. And it seems like pine cones as well as other kinds of sticks, nuts, uh, all that foliage on the ground kind of crunch beneath your feet. Um, As you look out, Rogar, however, you do not notice any, I don't know, significant or big creatures you uh you see the small glowing eyes of nighttime creatures like you know bats or squirrels and such (laughs) (laughs) plus 200 experience points yeah fievel's right there in the woods (laughs) turns out it was me taking the children (laughs) i just wanted attention Uh, so, Rogar, that's, that's all you notice, you know, just nighttime creatures, uh, nothing significant. Okay. Well, we tried. Time to go home. <laughs> yeah. Um... Well, that solves it. No monsters here. <laughs> so what would you guys like to do? I'd like to ask them why we're over here. Because we saw the monster. How do you know it was the monster? Well... What did it look like? Yellow, like bright yellow eyes. And that immediately makes it the monster? Well, it was the only thing in the trees that we saw, so... Kind of suspicious. Okay, okay. Can I ask Parker the exact same question? (laughs) (laughs) What what are you you saying here? You don't trust Rogar Ragnak? I'd just like someone to back his story up. Okay. So Parker looks to you and he says, I agree. I saw some eyes. Felt like something was watching me, so I turned towards the forest. I don't know what it was, but those eyes were glowing in the dark. But it's 100% the monster. Well, I don't know if it's the monster or not, but I got I got a, a, a chill, you know, up my spine. I, I felt like it was something watching me. That's because I was blowing on your neck, Parker. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Plus 150 experience points. Okay, uh, so now you guys are all in the woods. Tyson McKay, Parker's kind of corroborated Rogar's story here, you know. Uh, he, well, he said he didn't know what it was. Rogar said it was 100% the monster, so... I don't know. Two conflicting stories here. Who's got a better alibi? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's up to the team as far as what you'd like to do next. I mean, Rogar, you can certainly do as you wish, too. I don't know. Ro- Tyson's giving you such a hard time here about the validity of your story. You don't believe me? Oh. <laughs> no, it's not that. I just want to be 100% sure we're not chasing a dead lead, you know? Okay. What's uh, What's your idea, then? Oh, now I gotta come up with ideas too. Yeah. I just gotta. I just accuse <laughs> people. Story, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nighttime, so maybe we should go stand guard near the village. Okay, I'm okay with that. Wow. Okay. All right. So, what I would you guys like to do? Be that easy. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll head back to the town. So, you guys begin to walk uh, back towards the house on the hill, which, uh, as we stated before, is just kind of up this uh, gentle sloping hill from the main road of Traverse, the town uh, that is for logging. Now, when you guys 
just start to make your way out of the trees and into the, more of these open grassy area around the house, you hear a blood-curdling scream emanate from the town below. What would you like to do? Sprint, Sprint. to it. Sprint. Brokar, carry me. Uh, <laughs> I'll throw you. Okay. Okay, are we are we carrying people or throwing people or are we just sprinting? Let's <laughs> sprint. Oh, baby. Alright, I guess we'll just sprint. Alright, so you guys sprint down towards the town of Traverse. After no more than a few minutes of running downhill and onto the main street, you come across a very odd scene. Placed right in the middle of the street itself, it looks like there is a log which has been uh, positioned upright in the middle of the town. There are many people coming outside of their houses or outside of their houses which are atop their small businesses. They're coming out in like nightgowns or uh, you know like sleeping wear and they're all staring at this log which has been righted in the middle of the town. Let's shove our way through the crowd, find out what's going on. Okay, so uh, the crowd accumulating pretty quickly, you guys begin to push your way through the townspeople of Traverse. Now, yeah, let me and take make it back. Yeah, you can try. Roll me a d20. This is a persuasion. Hey. It's a 17. Okay, so Rogar, a few people look to you, uh, and a few of the people in the back begin to shuffle away towards their houses, but this does not captivate everyone in the group. And you notice why. <laughs> you, want me to, <laughs> you want me to fire off something to scare them away? Well, well ho- hold up here. Oh, no. As you guys get to the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what would you like to do, Tyson? You want to fire something off? I was just asking him if Rogar wanted me to fire something off. No, no, we want to scare them more. I have pyrotechnics, and I can just set that off. No, we'll... you guys, you guys, still pushing your way to the front of the group, right? Yeah, yeah, we're discussing this as we're pushing our way through. Okay, so you guys make your way to the very front of the circle, which has uh, come to encircle the totem pole or log in the center of the street. As you guys get a close look at it, though, it appears to be something much more sinister. It's an ant. This. <laughs> yes, correct. It's an ant. Uh, this tree or log. Uh, is decaying and rotting. So it's not like a a freshly milled tree which has been brought to the town. And this this log itself is actually adorned with bones. Hundreds of bones. Skulls placed in carved out pockets of the trunk. Ribs which are circling the circumference of the totem from the base to the top. Skeletal arms extend from near the midsection of the pole and each of those most extended hands holds a skull in an open palm and the townspeople are obviously surrounding this this totem pole of bones and you hear grieving parents who are sobbing and it looks like some of the community members are just in shock obviously I'm in shock Noah how could you paint such a gross picture I apologize (laughs) for if I hurt your feelings or, or shook you a little bit here. Yeah, but that, that is the scene that you guys find yourself looking at, is a, is a totem pole made of bones. And the townspeople are surrounding this totem of bones grieving. Uh, you hear par- parents in the background sobbing, and members of the community who are obviously in shock. What would you like to do? Jesus Roger, I can I can throw up a wall of fire around it. <laughs> uh... Tyson McKay in another life is just a pyrotechnics... <laughs> set the stage guy for concerts <laughs> well what should we do Roger we gotta get these people out of here we don't want them to see this yeah I'll, I'll start 
not yell, but like shedding the townsfolk to go back in their homes. Okay, so you you already got some of the townsfolk to go in their homes. Are you trying again to get more people to leave? Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Roll me a uh, a persuasion check, and then let's uh, let's hear what you got to say. You know. Okay, that's a seventeen. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Um, I know this totem is. I'll say the word Roger and I'll blow everyone up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll explain to everyone that I'm with the Knights of the New Moon, and uh, we're here to resolve this problem. Uh, but for your safety, everyone should head back into their homes. Okay. Uh, so again, a few of the members on the outside of the circle leave, but the core group who are who can actually like you know see the entirety of this horrible totem uh, are kind of, you know, some of them fall to their knees, some of them, you know, wives are sobbing, crying into the shoulders of their husbands uh, and definitely some people are heeding your advice, Rogar, but some of them, especially the, the families who have lost children are staring at the totem, uh, some of them completely in shock. Wall of sand let's go <laughs> Jesus, Tyson, just any kind of wall eh? <laughs> I, I, I avoided the fire. I didn't want to kill anyone. Yeah, I'll go up. That's fair. I'll go up to the people who are, like, do they even know it's their kids? Like, just could be, like, a, just a pile of skulls, like, random skulls. Oh, you're right. Yeah, these th- these two things definitely aren't connected. No, just <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, Rogar, you are correct. They don't know for certain that these are their children. That being said, the bones are definitely not large and, like, that of a of a, an adult, right? Like, the skulls aren't yeah. super... The skulls are very small, right? So so they, they believe that, for most of them, these are their children. You're correct. One man steps out from the group. He is hand-in-hand hand with his wife, and he seems to have a lot of sway with the people because as soon as he steps out in front of everyone, they all kind of turn and look at him, and he says, they deserve a true burial. He says, come on, everyone. Let's take this down, and we can lay them to rest can bury it with my wall of sand just for hours Tyson McKay just pouring sand on it just <laughs> stop looking at it stop looking <laughs> I'll, I'll ask like the town folk if they want help yeah so as uh, this man begins to approach the totem and, and you ask him he nods and he says of course any help would be much appreciated okay. and uh, he, he is the first one to approach the totem and one of those carved out pockets almost like you know like a woodpecker would like peck out a, uh, a, a spot on a tree and there would be like a little crevice he pulls out one of the skulls from the crevice walking carefully with it away until he begins to in shock kind of turn to his wife he says no stop don't touch them oh god as he, tur- yeah. as he yeah, turns you can see <laughs> <laughs> as he turns you can see the skull in his hand begin to disintegrate oh. and fall away into small flecks of dust which on the gentle nighttime breeze kind of fly away into the air. Tyson McKay, you smack it out of his hand as it's doing so when it just completely crumbles, falls apart into dust, and disappears. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Well, isn't that nicer? That's so much less work if we just touch it and it turns to dust. Okay, first of all, 100 experience points for that. Second of all, (laughs) clearly these people want to bury their children. (laughs) It's like castration, or castration. (laughs) Jesus, is it? How is it like castration? Tell me. It's like, uh, when when you burn people, what's that like? What's it called? Cremating. Cremation, that's it. So close. Castration. (laughs) So the man looks to you, Rogar, and you, Tyson, he says, 
What kind of terrible creature would would take our children's remains away so they can't even be buried? We're not sure what the creature is yet, but we're trying to find out as much information as we can. I ask him, would, you, would he know anyone in the town that would have seen it? So he looks to you, Rogar, and he says, Aye, there's a couple of families that have seen the beast. Family up on the hill. Yeah, I expect you to talk to them. So he nods and he says, My wife's seen it as well. Uh, so, you know, he's still kind of holding out his hands where the dust and the disintegrated skull kind of blew away. Uh, but then he brushes his hands off and then holds his wife close and he says, My wife has seen it as well. I'll ask him if we could talk to his wife. Can we ask okay. him who they are first? Yeah, so, we'll ask for his name. Take him to dinner before he undressed himself. <laughs> Holy shit. The man nods and he says, My name is Thompson. I'm the foreman here of the logging crews, and this is Margaret, my wife. Oh, he, Mar- I shake Margaret's hand and I say, a pleasure to meet you. Margaret does not meet your gaze. She seems quite sullen, quite sad. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have never they've, been this they've just <laughs> <laughs> They've just seen one of the skulls of their taken, abducted children turn to dust before their eyes. Anyways... Thompson nods and he says Margaret take them back to our place I'll stay here and we'll deal with this as best we can so Thompson and a few of the men and women stand and they begin to kind of in a slow ritual way take the bones off of the totem and allow them to individually kind of uh, float away in the breeze as they disintegrate and turn to dust it would have been way cooler if they all just touched the tree and it disintegrated as they were all touching it uh, yeah, I guess. My bad for not thinking of the coolest way to do this. <laughs> You're doing it wrong as I walk away. Okay. Uh, so Margaret leads you guys back to her house. It's actually on the main street of Traverse. And you guys, uh, she she opens the door. Uh, it wasn't locked or anything like that, but opens the door to no reveal a pretty roomy... <laughs> to reveal a pretty roomy kitchen and living room. So there's a, a fire which uh, isn't quite died out yet. It's uh, still got some flames licking the logs in there. And there is more than a few places to sit here. It looks like there must also be like town meetings which occur here. Because there's two very large tables uh, in this house. Uh, As you enter, Margaret says, What can I help you with? Can we get a description of Margaret? Yeah, sure. Uh, Margaret has uh, long brown hair. There are a few strands of gray and white hair in there as well. Um, as she is, uh, you know, in her, looks to be in her mid-40s, mid to late 40s. Mm. Um, she looks looks quite thin, like quite gaunt, as though she hasn't been eating much, and she has dark circles under her eyes. All right. Continue, Rogar. Questioning. Uh, okay, I ask her uh, that we're here to discuss about the uh, monster abducting children, your husband... Thompson said you've seen it before. Margaret begins to nod, and then all of a sudden just bursts into tears, holding her head in her hands. Progress, the word, I'll un- blast her. uncontrollably sobbing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> There, there, ma'am. It's okay, and I pat her on the shoulder. Yeah, that was super helpful, dude. Uh, she she continues to sob, but after a few minutes, uh, she sniffles and seems to have gotten all of her crying out, and she says, Yes, I, I did see the beast. The night my boy was taken. I, I say it. I, it's okay, I, uh, ma'am. 
Oh, I say I'm talking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I get, like, she's on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I bend well, down on my knee, and yeah. I, like, pat her on the back, and I say, I know it's tough, but we really need to find out uh, everything we can about the monster so we can stop it from happening. Okay, so she uh, she nods and looks to you, and she says, I, it, was a, it was a tall, hulking thing with gray hairs on its head. Its eyes were so bright, and it seemed to smile. This ghoulish smile at me as it took my boy. Ghoulish. Yes, that is the word she used, ghoulish. Rogar, it's a ghoul. <laughs> so what would you guys like to do? Did you see which direction it went? It jumped out of the, the window so fast, and by the time I ran over to the window to see where it had gone, it had vanished into the night. Hmm, Rogar, what do you think? Use your monster knowledge to tell me what it is. I don't know, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's got tracks, but I don't know if it's trackable. I, I ask her, when they, when did the uh, kidnapping start happening? Nearly uh, a month and a half ago, I suppose. Just one child disappeared, you know? We thought it would have been nothing but a bear or maybe a wolf. You know, we are living in the wilderness here. But then it started to occur once a week. And then every few days. And now it seems there's only a few houses with small children that remain. Hmm. Was there any significant event that happened in the days or week prior to the kidnapping? Oh, I wouldn't know anything about that, no. I don't think so. Why so Parker looks to the woman and he says, Jesus, Parker. Do you know... When did you... <laughs> <laughs> He says, do you know who these families might be who still have children? So Margaret looks to him and she says, oh, there's only a few. The Denisons, that'd be Joseph and Lillian. The Woods and also the Warrens have children as well. There, there are probably more, but those are the ones I can think of. Do you think one of them did it? <laughs> so Parker looks to Tyson McKay, obviously disappointment on his face, and he says... I'm asking so we can go visit them, and maybe we can set up an ambush. It's genius. Bait them out, like I said last episode, Parker. Who would have thought of that? <laughs> yeah. He said, exactly, Tyson. Now you're getting it. <laughs> All right. Well, we better go do that then quickly, because God knows when this is happening again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> God knows when what's happening again. I don't the know. children being taken? Talking to Parker. <laughs> okay, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> Man, you're just not a fan of Parker, eh? I don't like anyone that's trying to take Rogar from me. <laughs> Are Rogar and Parker even on good terms right now? <laughs> Rogar, like, fucking bitched him out last episode. <laughs> yeah, we're not on good terms, but I say good, yeah. good idea, Parker. But I saw them kissing on the ride over here. <laughs> Roll me a deception check. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Parker looks to Margaret and he says, Do you know where the Denisons, the Woods, or the Warrens, do you know do you know where they live? And she says, Aye, I do. The Denisons are two doors down on the left, and, well, the Woods are a fair ways out of town. They're next. The, wa the Warrens, too. They're next. Yeah, the Woods are probably next. <clears throat> well, what we should do is split up. Uh, that always works. Everyone take uh -oh. a house, yes. 
Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea for sure. Um, so Parker looks to Margaret and he says, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, he walks back over to, you know, closer to Rogar and Tyson. And he says, so what's the plan? Well, well Parker, we're going to split up. <laughs> each take a house and guard it for the night. Aye, that would be a good plan. You aren't afraid of being caught on your own with it? Even for a moment? Parker, do I look afraid of anything? You're looking at the monster on you. <laughs> <laughs> Parker's, I, like, just view view of you guys, just how much confidence he has in you is always dwindling so fast. <laughs> or okay, so we could grab the kids, like, close to town and head out to the woods. Genius, Rogar. We kidnap the kids before they get kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> so pa- pa- Parker looks to Tyson McKay and says, that's not what I was suggesting at all. No, Parker, you're right. We take them our own. We're criminals now. But we saved the city. Their kids are alive. We return them 20 years later when they're not kids anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he just shakes his head, and uh, a few moments later, the front door opens to Margaret and Thompson's house. It is Thompson, the foreman. He looks to the three adventurers in his home as well as his wife, and he says, well, did you get all the information you need? Oh, we got it. We got a plan. What is the plan? How can I help? Well, uh, Thompson, it is our knowledge that there's approximately three families with kids still yet to be kidnapped. So we were looking to set up an ambush of sorts where we each guard one of the houses and then uh, kill the thing... Bing, bang, boom. Your house is saved. Your town is saved. <laughs> so Thompson looks to you and he says, a stakeout. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, okay, you can condense it down to two words. That's, that's fine. <laughs> a steakhouse? Yes, Rogar, a steakhouse. Sweet. <laughs> so Thompson looks to the heroes and Parker, and he says, so, three families, how would we split up? So what I want to do is I want to have a rider at each house so that if something goes wrong, the rider can ride to the other houses. Okay. So he says, oh, I could I could do that. I have a few good men who would be willing to, uh, to stay out. And women. Let's not be sexist. I have a few good men and women who are willing to stay out for this. <laughs> Thank you, Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So who is taking the Denison's house? Just a few doors from Thompson and Margaret's home. That seems like a Rogar bit. He's scared of everything. Give him the safe house. What? (laughs) (laughs) Give it to Parker. Yeah, Parker. Go park your ass. Parker nods and he says, Thompson, can you show me the the home? So Thompson steps out onto the porch, points to exactly where the home is, and goes to introduce Parker to the Denisons. A few moments later, Thompson arrives back and he says I'll post someone outside the Denison's home okay. Parker will be inside that just leaves the woods and the Warrens alright well Rogar you'll get the woods yeah I'll get the woods alright I'll get the what's its names Warrens yeah so Thompson is going to accompany Rogar Ragnak to the woods's home so he's going to lead you there and then a good friend of Thompson with the name of Jacob is going to be riding with Tyson McKay over to the Warrens' home. Hello, Jacob. 
I said hello. I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you're right. I, I shouldn't be doing these voices. Fucking Rogar should. Yeah, let, let's start with Tyson McKay and Jacob. <clears throat> I said howdy, partner. Uh, where exactly are you from, Jacob? Oh, I'm from the south, you know. <laughs> the south? <laughs> This is the farthest south you guys have been. <laughs> well, from uh, further south, you know. So, so what brings you out here? Oh, well, you know. There ain't much out here but chopping wood and, you know, farms and stuff. Uh, Jacob, do you even know what's going on in your town? <laughs> oh, I know. I've tried hunting this thing since it's got here, but I haven't caught it yet. Uh, what, what, what have you been hunting it with? Oh, you know, a pitchfork, you know, pretty much it, trying to catch it in the net. <laughs> oh, Jacob, I like you. You're a good guy. You want to do my new best <laughs> <laughs> I like you too, whatever your name is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jacob and Tyson McKay arrive at the Warren's house. The Warren's house is about a ten-minute ride down an old logging road and the home is uh, is actually quite large and you see a few candles lit on the main floor Tyson McKay what would you like to do well I thank Jacob for escorting me to the home well you're okay. welcome <laughs> and I request that Noah makes uh, this Sab's new permanent character <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it under advisory I'd like to give uh, 300 experience points to Rogar Ragnak or sorry I mean Jacob <laughs> I'd give him 400, holy. Alright, I agree, 400 points it is. That's level up for me! <laughs> <laughs> He's now a level 2 southern fucking logger. <laughs> uh, Alright, so I get off my horse, I tie my horse up, mm-hmm. and then I, I walk up to the front porch and I rickety rack on the door, you know? Okay, a few minutes go by before eventually a uh, middle-aged man opens the door. You can see his one arm uh, behind the door. Looks like it's holding something. And he says, what is it you want, stranger? Sir, don't kill me, please. I'm here to protect you. (laughs) So he looks you up and down and says, what do you mean, protect me? From what? From the monster. That's, um, it's to my knowledge that your house hasn't been hit yet, so we're here to uh, help protect any houses that haven't been hit. Hmm. How do I know you're not the one who's taken children? This could be yeah. a ruse. I was, gonna, I was just going to ask, uh, do I look like a kid snatcher? And then I knew Noah's answer was going to be. <laughs> he's waiting for you to convince him that he's you're not the one who's taking the children, you know? Uh, is Thompson, st- or is Jacob still there? Uh, Jacob is, yeah, down tying his horse up. It looks like it's taken him a long time to do that simple task, though. Jacob, just do the the bunny ears. Bunny ears, hurry up. Oh. (laughs) Jacob, can you testify for Tyson McKay not being the monster that's taking everyone's kids? Oh, yeah, this is my friend Tyson. Uh, I gave him a ride up here because you guys still have kids in your house. Is that correct, sir? (laughs) That sounds so bad. Uh, so the man at the door kind of looks Jacob up and down, but clearly he is aware of Jacob, the this character from the south. Um, and so he nods and he says, 
Alright, you can come inside. Thank you, sir. My name's Tyson, by the way. What's yours? He closes the door behind you, and uh, you can see him place an axe by the door, back where it was. Sweet Jesus. He then, he then says, yeah, well, he was he's packing, buddy. He's ready to go. Packing in his pants. So, he's, <laughs> <laughs> so he says, my name's Ethan. Welcome to my home. Hello, Mr. Ethan Warren. We're here to make sure your family gets through the night. Well, I appreciate it. I thank you. Nora's been just so worried about the boy ever since these disappearances started. Well, he sleeps in our room now. Do you have a window in your room? I do. Might be best to move the, the family down here in the living room for the night. Well, there are windows down here and more of them. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, I'd feel weird just watching you guys sleep in your bedroom. That'd be weird. <laughs> I, I, I guess so. I mean, if that would make it easier for you. How about you it just would. board up the window in the bedroom? You think this monster can't break through boards, Jacob? Oh, is Jacob still here? <laughs> no, Jacob's outside. <laughs> Jacob, shut up! <laughs> well, that way you know it's coming through the window. It'll just break the wood. I mean, I guess, but, like, I feel this has more space, you know? Okay, go for it. I mean, okay. Uh, so, so Tyson, I'm gonna need you to kind of persuade Ethan here. You know, there's only one one window in the bedroom upstairs. Uh, you know, it's a it's a pretty safe area. All right, Ethan. Do you have any rooms without windows in your house? Mm, no, no. But every every room's got a window. Uh, gotta get. I mean, you gotta get some thing. ventilation in here. All right. Well, bedroom's fine then, but. Uh... We'll need to take turns keeping watch up there. He looks at you and he says, Okay, uh, sure. Will you take first watch? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was half expecting you to say, No, I'm going to sleep in the bed with your wife. You take the first watch. <laughs> okay, so you head upstairs, uh, up a, a pretty narrow and creaky staircase, until you uh, you reach the top floor. At which there are there are two doors, one on the left hand side, one on the right. Uh, he enters the door to the left hand side, and uh, you see it's a pretty homey bedroom for Ethan and his wife Nora. And nestled in between, you know, you can obviously Nora's on one side, Ethan would have been on the other. Nestled in between them is their son. All right, I look at the family, and a tear streaks down my my cheek as I remember my family. <laughs> They're all dead. Okay. And I killed what, what? them. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't have it, no one can. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I go to the window. Is it open or closed? It is closed. Rookie mistake. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Why is that a rookie mistake? How am I supposed to sit with my feet hanging out the window? <laughs> I didn't know that was your plan. Is that your plan? That's my plan. Okay, uh, so what would you like to do, Tyson? Is there a way to lock the door? Uh, to the bedroom? No, there's no lock on this door. That's probably fine. Okay. I uh, open the window and I stick my legs over and I sit on the seal. Sill? Seal. Sail? Whatever. Sill. Yeah, window sill. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just hum myself a lullaby. Okay, so you're humming and Ethan kind of whispers but a little loudly, Could you cut that out? <laughs> Sorry, Dad. 
Okay, so Tyson McKay, you're posting up at the Warren's place. Uh, you actually can't see your very good friend Jacob because there's a little bit of an overhang to the roof here, and you imagine he's sitting on the porch right underneath you. I love Ooh. you, Sea Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> he's making love to his horse. <laughs> No, no. You can see the the asses of the horses. They're both not being tampered with. (laughs) Well, that's all I needed to know. Okay. Uh, So we are going to be moving over to Rogar Ragnak. Rogar, you are headed to the Woods' place. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, so Thompson mounts his horse and waits for you to do the same so you guys can ride off towards the Woods' estate. Okay, I hop on Ike and... Ride with them. You ride for no more than about six or seven minutes, and you're actually heading a little bit further north, down a small footpath, when then, uh, in the midst of a very small clearing, with a well nearby, it looks like there is a a smaller home made of wood and log. Thompson hops off of his horse and approaches, kind of tying up his horse at uh, a post, and he waits for you to do the same. Yeah, I'll tie up by... Okay, good stuff. Uh, Thompson knocks on the door, and a man and his wife open the door, looking puzzled, and they say, Thompson, what are you doing here? So Thompson takes his hat off, and he says, You know I wouldn't be here unless it was serious. Something strange happened in town tonight. A totem, pole, with all the bones of... And his voice kind of trails off. And then he says, Well, we've got some outside help. This one here is from the Knights of the New Moon. And he points towards Rogar Ragnak. Oh, that is pointing somewhere else. <laughs> I, uh... He says, Rogar's devised a plan. We're going to uh, to watch out over your place, the Warrens and the Denisons, the... those who still have children. Rogar, how are you? And we're going to catch this credit? thing. How are you getting credit for something Parker and I came up with? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you were with Thompson, he would have given you credit. I, I don't know, Tyson. So uh, they nod and they say, whatever you think is best, what can we do to help? So Thompson says, I'll be watching out here on the porch. And uh, Rogar will take little Robbie's room. Come here, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the parents both look disgusted. <laughs> uh, and they say... Is, is anyone else able to watch over our child instead of that man? <laughs> Robbie! <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just pure gold coming out of Sab tonight. Uh, okay. So uh, I'll, I'll shake both the parents' hands and I'll, I'll ask them if they have any, like, sharp items for the window. Just like uh, knives or anything sharp that we could stick up just in case it crawls in. Well, we have a few knives, a few different blades. I mean, you can take them if you want. Okay. I'll, Free uh, weapons, Rogar. Yeah. I'm stacked with weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take a couple and I'll ask them uh, where their windows are in the house and I'll just uh, see if I can lay out a couple uh, sharp items along the window. Okay, are you, like, sticking them into the wood, or are you just lying the knife on the windowsill? Like, what are you doing? You're a monster. Here's a weapon. (laughs) I'll stick them up, like, so if it tries to crawl in, it'll, like, stab its hand. Uh, This is a pretty small place. They've got two windows on the main floor in this living room kind of entranceway here. And then they've got three other rooms in the house, each with a window. 
So you're looking at five windows total, and uh, the sharp knives that they gave you, they've got about three pretty sharp knives. All right, we're going to have to cut these knives in half. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I used the knives to cut the knives. <laughs> they called me a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> You're next, Robbie. <laughs> Wait, am I Robbie? <laughs> uh, plus 500 experience points. Um, yeah, man, you got three sharp knives and five windowsills. I don't know what you want from me here. Okay. Maybe scratch that idea and we'll put like a diversion in like Robbie's bed. And I'll be with Robbie the whole time. Okay, so you're gonna make like out of pillows and stuff. You're gonna make like a fake looking child. Yeah. Okay, and then which room are you gonna be with Robbie in? Or maybe Robbie should be with his parents, and then I'll stay in his room and just keep watch there. Sure, sounds good. Maggie, the wife, uh, carries Robbie. He looks like a very small young boy with brown hair. Carries him still sleeping over to their bedroom. Milton kind of nods at you before he closes the door. And, Rogar, you can set yourself up in little Robbie's room if you so choose. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. All right, so I'm going to hand each of you guys 350 experience points for not for fucking up. Staking it out. Or maybe I should sleep That's in what... Robbie's bed so when it comes I can just stab it in the face. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. Do you, th- do you think you're even close to the same size as Robbie? <laughs> you're like a 300-pound dragonborn. You're seven feet tall. <laughs> Is there any extra kids' clothes I could try on? <laughs> no, there are no children's clothes that you can try. I'm I'm gonna stop that right in its tracks. <laughs> All right, I mean, yeah, Rob, Robbie has clothes in his room. I mean, you can wear them if you want. You're not going. You're not going to fit. <laughs> no, I'll just stake out. Good to go. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, so it is near the middle of the night. the The woods in and around Traverse are quite a quiet and peaceful place if it weren't for the uh the large hulking beast the murderer of children on the loose there are crickets that kind of sound in the grasses and they're the hoots of owls and the small scurryings of nighttime creatures in and around traverse the town we're going to hop over to tyson mckay who is currently at the warrens hello (laughs) so so tyson mckay you are currently still sitting at the windowsill with the window open is that correct yeah i'm uh, humming at a lower voice because ethan asked me to okay so you're still humming away <laughs> a very creepy tune like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we can't okay so you, you're humming a pretty creepy tune tyson mckay as you're sitting uh nearly an hour goes by and, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, pretty boring just staking out. I have to pee. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, how would you like to do that? Go pee off the windowsill. Yes. <laughs> All right. Are you trying to do this stealthily or are you just whipping it out and <laughs> peeing? Uh, is there, like, a roof below? Yeah, there's a continuation of the roof. Like, you have to hop off the windowsill and then take a few steps before, you you know, you're peeing right off of the... It's essentially just a large uh, continuation of the roof around the porch. Piece of cake. Okay, I, I closed the window behind me, mm-hmm. and I hop down to the roof, and then I, you know, I squat or whatever regular people do. Squat. 
They definitely don't do that. They definitely don't squat. Okay. I whip it out. All right. So so you, you whip it out and you're, yeah, you're <laughs> taking a piss, relieving yourself. And uh, midway through the piss, the horses begin to jump and act up. Ah, <laughs> oh, and mosquito Win- bites Whinnying me. and neighing. Dick. <laughs> Sorry, did you say a mosquito bites your dick? Yeah. Okay, and that happens all at once. <laughs> this is a bad night. <laughs> okay, what would you the like to do? Are spooked? Yeah, the horses are super spooked. All right, I put it back in my pants and I I whisper yell down to uh, down to Jacob. I say, get up. So you whisper down to Jacob to get up, but Tyson McKay, there is no response. Holy shit! <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Jacob. Jacob does not respond. All right, I, I rush up to the window, and I bust through the window. Like, not breaking it, but, like, going through it. Yeah, you're, you're opening it and jumping through. Yeah, yeah, and then closing it immediately. Okay, you close it immediately behind you. What would you like to do now? I say wake up. Something's wrong. The husband and the wife awake, and the the boy uh, stays asleep in between them. Wake him up. Wake him up. I'm scared. (laughs) You okay? (laughs) Uh, So the the small boy uh, wakes up after his his mother kind of shakes him awake, and they're all bright and wide-eyed looking at you, Tyson McKay. Okay, I need you guys... uh, Is there a closet? Yeah, there's a closet. It's uh, a few feet away from the bed, next to the stairwell. Okay, I say, I need you to get into the closet, and don't come out until I say it's okay. They all nod, and the husband looks to you, Tyson, he says, come on, I can help you. Tell me what to do. I already lost my family, I don't want you to lose yours too. <laughs> okay, so Ethan, uh, you know, kind of puts his arms around Nora and their small boy, and he walks them over to the closet, opening it, and all three of them hide inside. Okay, make sure they're sa- safe. And then I, uh, I don't, well, I don't know anything's wrong, though, right now. It's just weird. Yeah, Jacob could be somewhere. <clears throat> sure, he could be asleep. <laughs> but he's got to be, we got to have him wake. So I'm just going to, I'm going to prep a spell just to be ready. So I'm going to prep Fireball, I think. And then just, uh, I want to be in eyesight of the closet. Is there somewhere I can, like, kind of hide but be in, you know, vit, like, see the closet door? Hmm. Well, the closet door's in the bedroom. I don't know, what angle are you trying to hide from? Like, you could hide under the bed and technically still see the base of the closet doors. I pull a Rogar and I hide in the bed. (laughs) Okay, so you're hiding in the bed. Yes. Okay, so you hop into the bed, pulling the blankets over yourself, I assume? Yeah, except for my eyes. Okay. (laughs) Okay, uh, and you... Congratulations. Are you trying to, like, hide, like, roll a stealth check? Yes. Okay, roll me a d20. Slash, I stole the bed from them. Joke's on you, idiots. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> uh, that's a 15. Okay, so I mean, so you're, you're adequately hidden. Okay. You're as, good, you're as good as you could be at being hidden inside a bed underneath your covers. Perfect. The horses outside begin to calm down and quiet themselves, and then there's silence yet again. Is it what would you like to do? Science, silence, science, <laughs> science. <laughs> Sorry, what did, you, what did you say? Is it a creepy silence? Yeah, like an eerie silence. Yeah, yeah. The the horses neighing seem to end abruptly, and it's just very, very quiet. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know, I keep that spell prepped, and 
nothing to do but wait, you know? Make sure the family's safe. Sounds good. Tyson McKay, you can hear pretty adequately, because it's so quiet, that downstairs there is a sound of, like, wood on wood breaking, like a smashing sound. Okay. And then you hear loud footsteps walking across the living room floor. Mm. I just want a glass of water. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I get up from the bed quietly, and I creep over to the door, because you can see down the stairs through the door if I open it up. Uh, No, so the door opens, like the handle's on the left-hand side, opens, and so you'd have to, like, open the door and stick your head out. You can't, like, open it narrowly and still see down the hallway. It's the opposite way. built this piece of shit house. (laughs) Ethan, we gotta talk after this. I guess I'll hide behind the door. So you're hiding behind the door, and you hear these loud, kind of thudding footsteps up the narrow stairway towards the room which you are hiding in. Oh god, I've never been more scared in my life. (laughs) Okay, so the footsteps reach the top of the stairs, and then halt, and there's silence yet again. I wait, (laughs) and I prepare the spell as well as I prepare my foot to kick. Okay, a few seconds later, you hear these thudding footsteps again, and you hear the doorknob clicking and turning as the door begins to creak, creak open. How far open is it right now? Like an inch or two. Okay, I let it get to about a f- mm, two feet open. So the door continues to creep, and then all of a sudden it seems to kind of like open much, much more quickly, and it, it opens two feet. I kick it. You kick the door. Yeah. Okay, so you kick the door, and even though it's dark, I mean you've got you've kind of got your heat vision going on, right? You see what is very clearly a humanoid hand uh, get squeezed between <laughs> the door and the wall. And you hear Jacob's voice scream out. shit! (laughs) (laughs) Jacob, and I open the door. What are you doing? So, Tyson McKay, Jacob, has blood streaming down the front of his shirt. Oh, shit. What looks like a thick gash, uh, which he he has one hand kind of just held over trying to stop the blood. And with his last few gasps, Jacob says, Tell Seabiscuit I love her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so saying tell Sea Biscuit I love her and falling to the ground, Jacob is dead. Oh no. shit. <laughs> I sprint to the window and I cast pyrotechnics up in the air. So Tyson McKay, as you turn towards the window, the first thing you notice is that it's wide open. Oh son of a bitch. The second thing you notice is these bright glowing eyes seemingly hanging in the middle of the air and you're going to need to roll me a wisdom saving throw please oh god oh god oh god fuck yeah uh wisdom 21 not nat nice okay so Tyson McKay you uh successfully ward off a spell uh so congratulations on that can I and the eyes seem to hang there Sorry, go ahead. Can I cast my prepared fires fireball? Yeah, but you know fireball's big, right? Like, you know it's going to engulf the whole room in flame. <laughs> well, I'm pointing it towards the window. Yeah, the, uh, now any place that you center this fireball in this room will definitely hurt the people, too. How much? 
Oh God, there's a fire! <laughs> I don't know, eight d six worth of, fi- of, of fire. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a twenty foot radius, isn't it? Fine. I, can I cast my pyrotechnics then? Uh, so what does pyrotechnics do? <sighs> I'm gonna find out. I don't know what it does in battle, but <laughs> <laughs> never mind. I can't use it. It requires a flame that I can see. Is there any flames or candles in the room? No, it's completely dark. Guess we're fucked then, everyone. I'm safe. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Alright, what would it, what would not kill them? What would not kill them? Ooh. Would Conjure Elemental kill them? Uh, the, <laughs> I mean, not by itself, but if you're conjuring like a fire elemental, it's gonna light this whole house on fire. Witch bolt. Um, sure, yeah, you can cast Witch Bolt, that's fine. Alright, let's go. Oh, uh, 24. Okay, so that is a strike. So dead center to the middle of mass, you strike this large creature, now somewhat becoming visible after the lightning blast uh, in the chest. Can you roll me your damage, please? 14 damage. And now I'm locked on, so every action I can, or every turn I can use uh, the witch bolt. Okay, sounds good, Tyson McKay. I am going to need you to roll me a uh, initiative check because it is you against this very large creature inside the bedroom. Uh, 13? Uh, so you'll be going second. Damn it. That's never good. <laughs> <laughs> Tyson McKay, I'm going to need to... I'm going to need you to roll me another wisdom saving throw, this time at advantage. Oh, okay. Oh, oh not 20. Do you want me to... Well, I mean... Nat 20 is nat 20. <laughs> nat 20 is nat 20. Okay. Uh, so the spell has zero effect on you. And the creature runs past you, kind of pushing you out of the way as it runs down the open door and down into the stairwell. I do the dumbest thing I could possibly do, and I chase after it. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Tyson McKay, the large creature hulking, rushes down the stairs and then makes it out the door just a few feet away from the porch. You, following quickly in, instead, run down the stairs as well and make it just outside the door. You're about ten feet behind the creature. I, I cast Maximilian's Earthen, Earthen Grasp on it. Okay, can you explain for our audience what Maximilian's Earthen Grasp does? Uh, so I choose a five-foot square unoccupied space on the ground that I can see within range, and a medium hand comes up and reaches for one creature I see within five feet. The target must make a strength saving throw, and on a failed throw, the target takes 2d6 bludgeoning damage and is restrained for the spell's duration. Which is a minute, correct? Uh, Correct, yes. And And then every turn they can try and roll out of it? And and every turn I can use it to bludgeon them 2d6. Okay, so we have a 19 on the strength check before any modifiers are added, so I'm going to say it breaks free of the hand. Yeah, yeah, it does. And then, was there any other, uh, like, what happens if he succeeds? Still take some damage? Half as much on a successful one, so it takes a 1d6. Nice. So it takes 8 damage, and then... Uh... Uh, so the creature takes 8 damage, and then wheels around, because it's its turn now, correct? Yes. So it wheels around, staring at you, and Tyson McKay, this is the first time that you really get a good look at the creature head-on. So it's bright yellow glowing eyes uh, seem to hold you in place. It has large yellow and white teeth. It's this silver flowing hair which runs almost down to its shoulders and the creature is kind of 
covered in this dark shroud, this uh, this black cloth. Its skin is bluish green, and it se- it has the most maniacal, uh, almost Jokerish smile to its face. The Joker. <laughs> I am Batman. That's a that's a season two reference for anyone. So the creature uses its action to turn invisible, completely invisible to the to the eye, and move. However, Tyson McKay, you don't see in which way it moves. Hmm. Gotta think fast, gotta think fast. Cloud of daggers? Do you think that'll work? Are you asking me if it'll work? Do you think that'll work, Noah? <laughs> I mean, kind of. It could kind of work. You know, you, you have to put, you have to place the cloud of daggers in a spot, right? Uh, no, that's impossible. I can't hit that, Noah. Fuck. <laughs> My apologies. Scorching Ray, let's go. We're guessing. <laughs> okay, uh, so where are you aiming for? Uh, oh, I'm gonna cast the three in each in one uh, to my right, one to my left, and one straight ahead. Okay, with no angles or tilts to them, like you're aiming at all eye level? I wanna just, you know, cut them down if I can. Nice. Uh, so roll me three d20s at disadvantage, I guess. <laughs> So that one was a 16. Mm-hmm. Damn it. That one was a 11. Oh, that one was a nat one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tyson McKay, uh, you roll a 1 and lose control of your magic for a split second, but that is all it takes. Can you roll me a d12, please? Sweet Jesus. Uh, a 5? A 5. Yes, sir. Okay. Tyson McKay, you are hurtled through time and space what? until eventually you land in a sea of blue. All you can see around you are blue skies and clouds, and in the distance, a looming tower. You have landed in the elemental plane of air. Uh-oh. How's he gonna get out of this one, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a good time for us to, to leave off. Big questions to answer. Will Tyson McKay make it back from this elemental plane of existence and be able to save the family from the dangerous creature in which Tyson McKay was locked in battle with. So so what will happen there? Will Rogar Ragnak ever find out that Tyson is in trouble? No. <laughs> and <laughs> and is Jacob truly dead? All these questions answered next time on the Dicey D20. That's the biggest question I need to know. You can just tell me, Noah. <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. He's still alive. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this episode was brought to you guys by Die Hard Dice. So check them out at dieharddice.com for cool metal dice sets, polymer sets, and trays. Uh, you know, and use your discount code DICED20 for a cool 15% off your order. Um, you know, their dice are awesome. They've been supporting us through season three. So thank you very much to them. Big shout out. So whether it was morning, evening, noon, or night, I would like to say thank you very much for listening to the Dicey D20. This is your DM signing out. Uh, this is uh, your angel Tyson, who's in heaven, <laughs> signing out. Uh, Rogar is still safe, signing out. You're in hell. <laughs> <laughs>